You are listening to the Passion City Church podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. I was just thinking, Brad, before we jump in, about, I don't know, 25 years ago, I was preaching at this youth camp in Texas, and I was preaching on Revelation and how the angels are worshiping God around the throne and how Christ is in the center. And there was a guy leading worship with me, a new up-and-coming worship leader named Chris Tomlin, and he was, uh, we were staying in kind of like a motel-type facility in the middle of this uh, big campground where there were, I don't know, a couple thousand teenagers at this camp. And uh, maybe like 1230 at night, Brad, it's a little knock on my door. And I'm like, so I opened the door and there's stands Chris with his guitar. I said, hey, are you still awake? And I was like, well, I am now. And um, he, he says, can I play you a little something really fast? So he comes in, it's maybe, I don't know, somewhere after midnight. And he just sits down on the end of the other double bed in the room and he goes, we fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet. And I mean, just God just filled up the room. Unreal. And um, I just, man, almost like trying to hold back the tears. And I said, Chris, bro, what happened? He said, well, I was just over in my room thinking about that text from tonight. And the Lord just gave me that little chorus. And um, I was like, Chris, the whole world is going to sing that song. And he said, oh, I was just wanting to come over and ask if we could maybe do it tomorrow night in the, <laughs> in the session. It's awesome. So, so that's what today's really about. It's about um, the possibility that God can use everybody. And I love that, Brad. I, I hope that when this gathering is over today, a lot of things are going to happen today. In fact, your heart is going to be blown apart and put back together in the very best way today. But... I just pray that when this gathering is over, every single person will sense and know God put me on earth for a reason. So today isn't about you like looking in from the outside going, hey, you guys lead the church and you lead the charge and we'll kind of play a little role. No, God has a specific role for you to play to absolutely move the kingdom of God forward in a powerful way. And you're going to see that happening through our friend today, but it's not just his story, it's God's story. And I was thinking back, Brad, to where we were last week. We were in Psalm 1 last week, and I want to just drop back down because a lot of what we're going to talk about in the next few minutes is centered around the Word of God. And for all of us, I think it's going to be the game-changing element in how far God is able to take you and how greatly God is able to use you, is your connectivity to this breath on a page that we talk, talk about, the living Word of God. It says again in verse 1, blessed is the man, so there are two people in this text, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Isn't that great? Brad and I both want to preach right now, but we're not <laughs> going to. But his delight, or her delight, the reason I said that is because for somebody who just got to church, you're glad you got here early today because you weren't thinking we'd be to this part yet because you didn't know we were mixing it up today. But that's your whole message, your whole church. That's what God has for you. You need to get out of the counsel of the wicked. Good. You need to get out of the way of sinners. And you need to get up from your seat with the scoffers right here, right now, today. This is God's call to you. Get up and get out and move on with me starting right here yep. and right now. 
But look what verse two says, but his or her delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, that's his word for us. He or she meditates day and night. They are like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he or she does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that blows, that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Man, the word, it's powerful to keep us yielding fruit in season, every season, if our roots are deep. And I love the fact that uh, that's what today is all about. Brad, you had a chance a few weeks ago to sit down with a really good friend of ours. Yep. Uh, if I say his name, none of you are going to know that possibly. His name is Bobby Grunewald. See, people are like, I don't know. Um, he has influenced your life with his team in a major way. I, I, I'm, I'm, I would be shocked right. if there's anybody in the building he hasn't influenced in a powerful way or anybody that's in this gathering that he hasn't influenced. Um, he created a little something called the Bible app. And um, anybody, anybody? Anybody? anybody rocking the Bible app? You have to kind of clap in that moment because if you don't clap, you're like, oh, no. Yes, exactly. And uh, I'm lo- he's going to tell the story, but tell us a little bit about Bobby before we jump into this first segment. We're going to break the interview up into a couple of segments throughout the gathering. Yeah, Bobby is an incredible leader. He's a pastor at Life Church in Oklahoma City, but they have campuses in 11 different states. You may have remembered a few weeks ago, we heard from his pastor, Craig Groeschel, but he's the innovation leader at their church. And so they are, they're on the front edge of so many things including getting gatherings like this around the world. So for such a time as this, Bobby Grunewald has used his giftings to help all of us, whether or not we know his name. And we talked a little bit. I wanted to know, you know, just the story behind something that's been so pivotal for so many people in this Bible app, because it's a stunning story of God moving that's going to encourage all of us. So I think we should just jump straight in. I think you ask him, like, how did the Bible app start? Yeah. And here Here, we go. Check this out. The story for that starts really back in 2006. I used to be an entrepreneur and um, was in the tech space years before that. And I've always tried to think about how to use technology to solve problems. I was in the O'Hare Airport in Chicago in a long TSA security line in 2006. It was one of those kind of moments that normally you'd be frustrated in because it's just this line never moves. It just keeps going. <laughs> Definitely had those yeah, experiences. Yeah, and for, for whatever reason, though, that particular day, instead of being focused on the line and focused on the weight, um, I was just processing. I wonder if there's a way to use technology to help me read the Bible more consistently. Uh, I was sadly a kind of a below-average Bible reader, one of these people that kind of had all the intention of wanting to be in God's Word, knew that it would be important, but yet never practically kind of did it consistently. And I just thought, man, I wonder if there's a way that technology could help me, you know, with it. And there in the security line that day, this idea came for version. And some people asked where the name come from. And it was originally an idea for um, a website, actually, not for an app. This is in 2006, so it was before the iPhone. It was before the app. It's hard store. to remember yeah. those days. Golly. Yeah, and uh, 
And so it just, it was like the best name I came up with for this original website idea between the security line and the gate that day in the airport. So it really had no special market research to it. It was just one of these <laughs> names. And I, in fact, I'm an activator. So I sat down at the, uh, at my computer at the gate, logged in and down and uh, registered the domain name, uversion.com awesome. there at the airport that day. But anyway, that, that website ultimately launched in 2007 and it didn't work, meaning it, didn't really change how I engaged in the Bible. There was a lot of work and energy that went into making it happen, the website. But um, sometimes we try things and, and it just doesn't connect and doesn't work. And so God showed us, though, through the failure of that, kind of led us to an idea that did work. And that was we tried really putting that concept in the Bible on our Blackberries in a really simple website in, in early 2008. And when we did that, it was just profound how simple it was, but yet how consistent and how in places we had never read scripture before, we'd find ourselves being able to consistently engage and connect with it. So we kind of pay attention when we see God do things and, and surprises us, you know, with the results. And and so we were had our eyes open and, and Steve Jobs and Apple announced they were going to make it possible to develop apps for the apps, then create an app store for the, but create apps for the iPhone. And this was in spring of 2008. And so we thought, well, what if we could build an app, a Bible app, you know, for the iPhone? It just seemed like it might be a great idea based on what we were seeing happen, you know, on the BlackBerry. And I didn't know how to build apps. I mean, I'm not a developer. I'm an entrepreneur, but not a, a coder kind of developer type. So we found a 19-year-old on our team <laughs> who loved Apple. And those are about the only two requirements <laughs> back then to build an app was to be 19 and love Apple. Unbelievable. And, uh, and so as a part-time kind of nights and weekends type thing, we just worked together to build this app and, uh, and submitted it to Apple, had no idea if they were going to approve it. I mean, it's hard to really kind of put our heads in that moment, but... If you can imagine, they announced this is possible. We don't know if there's going to be thousands of apps, have no idea what the process looks like, because there's nothing to look at. I mean, there's no other apps to go download and check and, and see. But the App Store launched in July of 2008, and to our surprise, the Bible app was in the first 200 apps that were available Amazing. the day that the store launched. Amazing. So we were blown away that it made it in there. But then the first weekend, between Thursday night when it came in the store and Sunday morning, we saw 83,000 people install it on wow. their iPhone. And that's exactly what we said. We were just blown. <laughs> we were just blown away. Um, and most importantly, they weren't just installing it on their phone, but they were opening it, using it, opening it multiple times a day. Come on. And we could see that God was doing something unexpected. Um, and of course, you know, one of the, one of the lessons I've learned in my life is this. If you see God move and see those unexpected results, just to take anything you have, whatever resources you have, and try to get behind the things that he's doing. Come on. And that was exactly what we did. It was that Monday morning we came back into work, and I told the 19-year-old, I was like, look, this is your full-time job. I have no idea what else you're doing or what you've been doing, but let's work on this, and this is what we need to do. And so it's been a journey, and um, I mean, obviously, it's been an exciting journey, and we've been thrilled to be a part of it. And God's brought so many partners along the way, including Pastor Louie and your church um, have been key partners in the journey with us. But we've seen a coalition of people come together around the world 
and uh, and the results, you know, have just been uh, really unbelievable to be a part of. That's amazing. A 19-year-old. That's yeah. awesome. When you said to your surprise, to your team's surprise, like, what does that mean? You found out, like, the day before or, like, we, the app store popped up and there y'all were? It literally was, it, they, they opened the app store in the morning, I think, and there was, like, a few apps that were available. And as the day went on, they were adding all the apps into the store. So we just kind of watched and didn't see it, didn't see it. Then we saw it. It had no notice. Like they didn't say, oh, you're approved and, and it's in the store. It just, you just literally were searching and you would finally see it appear on that day. So there was, um, I mean, if you can imagine, there's millions of apps today. Yeah. And so there's only 200. What was great about that, the way God used that is that was, of course, the only Bible app that was right. available that day. But all of the people that had an iPhone in the entire world, you know, were all focused in one place, and there's only 200 apps. For such a so, time Yeah, as so back then, I mean, it would, be, it would not be uncommon for people to say, I'm downloading all of the apps in the App Store, because yeah. I just want to have a copy of all of them. So I'm sure that people download the Bible app that had no intention of ever reading the Bible, that weren't thinking, oh, I need to find a Bible. And that was what was exciting from just seeing the gospel extend into places it wouldn't have otherwise. Wow. It was just because of the timing and how God positioned it for that moment. Wow, that's incredible. You mentioned 83,000 in the first like three days. Tell us where you were like after the first year of reach and then even compare that to where you're at now. Yeah, so it's a good question. I'm trying to remember that the first year I would have, we would have probably been, I would say I think it grew from 83,000 to around a million or 1.5 million, I think, in the first year. Okay. And, um, and of course, those numbers are to us are just you know, astronomical in terms of growth. Um, today, um, we have over 437 million unique devices that have installed the Bible. Say that one more 437 time. million. I get um, chill bumps just with that number, thinking yeah. about all those people yeah. that have the Bible on their phone. Well, the other thing that we track is obviously how many each month, and, and, and we see between 4 and 5 million new devices every month right now, uh, which is more than a, like 2 per second if you were going to take and average it out um, every second. And so it's not just like something that happened in the past or something that we're telling a story about this cool thing that happened back in 2008, but it's a very like active story that God's using it like right now in this moment yeah. to connect people to his word. And it's been growing and growing and growing, which, I mean, if I'm being really honest in my human flesh, even when we saw how miraculous it was, what God did, I think I always sort of figured, well, that'll... That, that was kind of for a moment, and I'm sure it'll sort of taper off, and we'll see. And I, don't, I, I wish I had, you know, more faith than that. You know, you think <laughs> I should, you know, by now. Um, but I just, I, I just think practically, as like, well, it can't keep, you know, growing at the pace it's growing. But, but really, we're seeing this year. Um, it's, it's literally the record year on every single thing that we track for growth in terms of engagement and how wow. people are using it. Uh, we've never seen a bigger year. <laughs> Did he say 437 million? Wow. From 1.5 million, that would have been uh, 12 years ago, if my math's right, somewhere along there, to 437 million. I always think about this, Brad, and it, I thought about it again um, when he was sharing that, that we sometimes overestimate what we can do in a year. And we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. Wow. And I think that's another message for us today. Somebody's, somebody just needs to stay with it. 
um, because it's time that you really look back and see how God can multiply things. And I love that these guys were in the public square also. I, you know, Steve Jobs has changed all of our lives. And during his time on earth, he definitely impacted every person's life. But God, he sovereignly superintends all of life. And to think that he raised up Steve Jobs to get the Bible app to 437 million people on planet earth is pretty great. That's incredible. I think for me, also thinking about their growth right now, that this is their biggest months, highest months, it's not surprising because our world is on shaky ground and we know that more than ever. But to know that people don't want to just get the negativity that's on their phone all the time or the competition that's on their phone, but they want to get the word of God, the perfect enduring word of God that revives souls in a a hurting world. People are looking and it's there available because of Bobby and his team. Is, is anything stirring in anybody's heart already? Like, oh my goodness, I, I, maybe God wants to use me to do something. Yeah. God says a pandemic's coming in 2020. He didn't get an, an email to let him know that was happening. He saw that before the creation of the world. Yeah. So in 2008, he says, I need to get a Bible app rolling. So I need an iPhone. So I need technology. So I need an Apple. So then I need a guy in a TSA line who gets an idea, tries to put it on his computer, doesn't work, puts it on a Blackberry. I know some of you still (laughs) rocking the Blackberry. And then he, that doesn't work. So now he says, oh, we got a 19-year-old kid, a 19-year-old somewhere on planet Earth in God's story so that the Bible is available during quarantine to people who can cannot leave their homes, they can interact with this amazing, robust app that will encourage them and obviously is encouraging them because this is the biggest year they've ever had. God has got it all under control, people. He sees it long before we do, and he's always setting things up and setting things in motion at just the right time. I love it that it's fitting into this series because last week it was all about the big church being small. We got the chance to pray for people and we had several thousands of requests come through. It was a very powerful, humbling privilege of our team. And then today, speaking of God stirring things in our hearts, it's about this small church, like Life Church, that's now reaching the entire yeah. world, this small church reaching everybody. And I think, it's, I think we should check out part two, because I was also um, really blown away by their efforts to get the word of God, not just to me, but how can we start thinking about how to get God's word to everybody? Check this out. So we didn't really understand. I mean, I, when we got started, I had no idea how many languages there were in the world. I think probably the average person um, probably really don't even even comprehend that there are you know, over 6,000 languages that are active, spoken languages in the, in the planet today. And of those, unfortunately, there's still thousands of them that do not yet have even a single word of the Bible translated into their heart language. Something that we can just take for granted because every every day that I've been born, every since I've been born, the Bible's always been available in English. In fact, there's so many different options in English that we just presume it's always been that way. You know, it's been that way since we've been born. Um, but for other people, they've been waiting, you know, for many, many years, decades, uh, and have never heard God speak Jesus' words spoken in their language. They had to learn a different language to be able to understand what Jesus said. And that's just hard for us to comprehend, but many, many millions of people are dealing with that same challenge. So good news is that there is a huge effort underway. 
to accelerate Bible translation. And we've been uh, a partner in that. I mean, we've contributed financially as a ministry to make that possible. We're so privileged to be able to do that. We've been um, a conduit for people that use our app to also give towards it. And, and so we've been able to raise, you know, millions of dollars to help support Bible translation, which we're, we're excited that. And then we partner with them in a technology sense at the moment that a chapter is translated. If the translator wants to, and many of them do, they can actually take a book or a chapter and put it onto YouVersion immediately. Oh, it on. takes about 15 minutes, I think, is how long the technology takes to go from the translator's all finished and it's edited and they feel good about it and they want it published. And so we make that friction-free so that instead of waiting until you know, it might take a decade or something to translate it and wait till it's all done and then raising the money to print the Bible and then taking yeah. the time to print it and then trying to distribute it. It's like if God's word's available in the book of Matthew right now, let's get it into the hands of people right now. Yeah. We don't have to wait 10 years for it to be published. So these are the kinds of new things that we're able to help partner in and do. And like you said, there's over 1,400 languages we have available today in the app. We're adding new languages all the time. Uh, and I believe, and this is the goal, that really within our lifetimes, by 2033, we're going to see the Bible available in everyone's heart language for the first time ever in history. And so we're very excited about it. It's become a cause that, even though we had no awareness when we started, it's something we've definitely adopted and very, very passionate about. I don't think it's an accident that these tools and technologies nope. exist at the same moment in time that our world is facing such challenge. I think God obviously knew that the latter was going to happen, and he obviously made opportunity um, for us to have access to be able to connect with this world using these tools and technologies. So that's why we as a church and, and we collectively with partnering with you all and others um, really feel like we have to seize this moment, embrace this kind of moment in history, and to leverage the tools, to leverage the ability to reach people with the gospel. And it's just uh, it's just amazing to see. I mean, I'm, I, I'm obviously very encouraged. and there's a lot of things that discourage us. Yep in the world. But I think the vantage point that we have and seeing the growth and seeing the excitement and seeing the life change, you know, that God's doing through it just gives me a confidence that even in spite of how dark or dire some of the circumstances or situations seem, I just like, you can just see the light um, and see what God's doing um, around the world. And it's very, very exciting. Yeah. It's so exciting. I mean, for me, just hearing that was so it was so challenging, inspiring because I want to occasionally go look at that language number yeah. and just believe and pray and celebrate when it goes up. And so now it's at fourteen fifty, but I'm going to keep checking sure. it. I want us all to keep checking it because I think it was yeah. Paul that said, "Faith comes through hearing, and yeah. hearing through the Word of God." And as a believer in Jesus, I want to be a person that's not just so wrapped up in my own world. Yeah. And making sure I get the Bible and I have it on my phone, but that more and more people are engaging with God's word around the world. Right. And there are millions, if not billions of people that still need the language, the Bible in their heart language. Sure. And so God is on the move. People yeah. are engaging with his word around the world, but there's still more work to do. Absolutely. Um, talk a bit. Now there's so much content available as well. I don't sure. think on the early Blackberry days, <laughs> no. y'all didn't have all the reading plans. and. Right. The, different types of devotionals, but what was some of your, your thinking behind that? Yeah, so we've, um, one, of the, one of the distinct advantages you can do with technology that you couldn't do before with a printed Bible is you can actually 
see what's working, like what, how, what's helping people engage. Yeah. And one of the things that we saw was when we began to offer daily reading plans, you know, where it started first as a read through the Bible in a year and you could read a little bit each day and, and it would, by the time you finished at the end of the year, you'd read the entire Bible. That was very popular. People loved the kind of daily structure, you know, to it. So we began to say, well, what other things could we do? So we started to look at in different formats, read through the New Testament, read through the Bible in 90 days. And we started then offer daily devotionals. And we're just looking for on-ramps to Scripture. And what we began to see was that people were downloading the app from the App Store for a purpose. Not, hey, I need a Bible and I'm in church on Sunday, so I need to go down. Let me see if the App Store has one. Um, but in many cases, there were people that didn't know Jesus that were um, reaching out through the App Store looking for an answer about some crisis they were facing or something that they were going through. And it might seem odd to some of us to think, oh, I'm facing a challenge in my marriage. Let me go to the App Store and find an answer. That doesn't seem like, for many people, doesn't seem like the place you would go. But it's become the, a place where people are seeking answers. They're searching for information. They're wondering, is there an app for that? Yeah. And, um, and so we've seen numerous people finding the Bible app that are downloading it, thinking, I wonder if the Bible would have any answers about this situation I'm going through. And so we begin to create these topical work with partners to, to create reading plans and devotionals that are on themes or topics. So it could be about anxiety. And we started to look for the most popular things people were searching for, just freeform what they were typing in. And we said, let's see if we can have people help answer those questions or help guide them to the scriptures that connect people to them. So it began to grow and grow and grow. Now we have thousands of these uh, daily devotional reading plans that are available uh, in the app in English, and now we have thousands in Spanish, and we and we're in basically adding content in many different languages. So you can open the Bible app today in Arabic, for example, if your phone's in Arabic. Everything in the app is in Arabic. Everything wow. is right to left instead of left to right. Um, all the emails you get from us are in Arabic. The the reading plan, the devotional contents in Arabic, and if you even have a tech support question, you ask your question, and we have an Arabic team of volunteers that answers your tech support question in Arabic. So it's little by little, step by step. We didn't really know when we started it would have all the features and things it did today. But each of them were built as we saw it work in terms of how it was connecting people to God's Word consistently. And that sort of led us to each of the next steps. I love that you have been gifted in such a beautiful way to leverage your life for the Big C Church around the world. But you're also a local church guy, sure. And your pastor here at Life Church, we heard from your pastor Craig just a, you know recently. It was phenomenal. He might not say it, but I'm going to try to put you on the spot. We're, I'm pretty sure y'all are the largest church in the world. Like, how many locations? Yeah. How many people are y'all reaching? I know you're not bragging. Well, if he, well, if, he, if, if he's not going to say it, I'm definitely not going to say <laughs> it. No, but no, he. Um, but we, we do have the privilege of serving, uh, at 35, we have 35 campuses or locations in a, about 11, it's not about, it's 11 states today. Uh, we're adding new ones. Um, we've even, uh, added two, or what, what, excuse me, we've added one, getting ready to another, um, here in the middle of, uh, this pandemic that we're in, which is obviously God knew that was all happening. Um, but yeah, we feel really called to just share the gospel. It's been a passionate thing of our church for a long, a passion of our church for a long, long time since I've been here and before. And we want to do anything short of sin to reach people that don't know Jesus. And so we really um, see the local church as a key part of it. We're kind of this both and type church. We use digital tools a lot and we pioneer in some ways some uses of digital tools. 
but we also have this physical presence in communities and really feel like that's important as well. And so that's what our church looks like. As far as the size of it, we just don't, you know, get too focused or on that, or at least don't see ourselves as large because we really feel like the need is so great. But even at 35 campuses, we wouldn't be wrong to think that's around 100,000 people that could be showing up at a life church or more. Yeah, I mean, it looks a little bit different, I think, with the pandemic. Um, but, I th- but, but prior to the pandemic, you know, that would not be um, unthinkable to think that there'd be that we'd see that many people on a weekend. Wow, that is awesome. I love Brad's responses. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. It really is awesome. Uh, I think we should give God some praise for that. Yeah, I mean, come on. come on. That's really mind-boggling. A couple of quick takeaways, Brad, for me, and I, I, I'm so inspired by um, the viewpoint we're getting today of small church made big. Uh, big church is made small. Everybody has a place in this story, but ultimately, I think our place in this story results in the whole world hearing about Jesus. That's what the gospel says, by the way. It says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to every nation. That ultimately means in every language as a sign, and then the end will come. And so this whole thing about Bible translation and the several thousand languages that we talked about at Passion 2020 this year with our Share Light campaign, uh, people groups, languages that have no, no scripture, no verse, no chapter of the Bible in their heart language. Um, the goal is 2033. So we're, I mean, uh, we're not too far away from living in the reality of that that text, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in every nation, in every language, if you will. This word of God available in every heart language. And then Jesus says, and then the end will come. So I don't know, Jesus may come before this gathering's over. If he does, we'll be in good shape. Um, but a lot of people won't. And I think that we've still got some time to lean in to this cause of seeing the Bible come to the thousands of people groups Not the thousands of people, the thousands of people groups who don't yet have this word. And thank you for your generosity. I think we say that every Sunday. But when we gave uh, in our Above and Beyond Giving at Passion City Church, the first fruits of that giving went to local ministries in Atlanta and in D.C. to lift people in our communities. But also, for the last three years, we've been supporting a translation for a people group who've yet to get God's word in their language. So as a church and as people... Uh, we're very much linked into this journey and believing in what God wants to do. I, I believe I, people won't. There's been more talk than ever in my lifetime about wanting to see revival. And I'm just going to say today, I think we're living in revival times, people. I don't think it's like something coming. I think we're in it right now. It's just us opening our eyes and having Holy Spirit awakening to realize that he's moving around the planet right now in ways that would literally blow our minds if we could see a fraction of what God is doing. A lot of us today in this gathering know Life Church. We know Pastor Craig. We know um, Bobby and the team there and have partnered with them in various ways. But a lot of people today are like, I don't know about Life Church. I didn't know they had 35 locations in 11 states and they have 
on a given Sunday, 120,000 people in church hearing the gospel. I think you said the week you were there. This was a couple of weeks back. So church isn't fully even open yet. They had 662 people that Sunday put their faith in Jesus in their life churches that day. And... Um, 1,400 languages. Arabic is on a phone that anybody on planet Earth can get a Bible reading plan or open up the scripture or get tech support in Arabic for the translation of the Bible they're reading in Arabic. So God is saying, don't count me out. I'm, I'm bringing revival. Don't count me out. I'm awakening the nations. Don't count me out. I've got teams of people right now who are taking the word of God to languages of people for the very first time all over planet earth. We are living in revival times right now. God is in revival right now. I think the question for me is, am I in revival right now? It just always comes back to that circle that we talk about. Lord, bring revival, bring revival. And he's like, would you be willing to kneel down today inside of a circle that says, God, I want to see a revival and I want you to start it inside this circle. I want you to start it in my life. I want Holy Spirit fire to fall in my heart. I want to fully surrender and I want to be on board with the plan. I want to be awakened to the mission. I want to get in touch with the program. I want to start walking in your purposes and in your power in my life. I want to stop complaining about all the negative and I want to start actually shifting things into the positive. I'm going to leave being a victim behind and I'm going to walk as a victor because I am in Christ and he is at the head of the line. He is at the head of the procession. He is leading the way forever and ever and ever. And so we're going to take a little break. We got a little bit more of this uh, interview to come. The last part of it, I think, is really where God wants to invite a lot of uh, us into the story today. But before we do that, maybe we should just pause right here and just pray again for the simplicity, yet the transformation of these three words, breakthrough, miracle, power. And we're just believing that today. I was praying uh, yesterday, uh, each of our team uh, got a certain portion of the request that you sent in last week. Uh, our intercessors have been praying, but each of us have been praying. And I got a, a list of requests and they've just been on my heart as the Holy Spirit would do just different times of the day and the night, bringing some of these requests back into my heart so that I can agree with you. I was praying yesterday for um, a daughter-in-law away from God, away from family, just running and someone just saying, just asking God for mercy over my daughter-in-law to bring her back to her family, bring her back to God, bring her back to faith. And I obviously don't know that person, don't know that story, don't know where you are, but I can agree in Jesus' name because that name is power. So can we lean in today and just believe again for the thousands of people that are asking for us as a house to come around them today in faith and in prayer? I did hear one story uh, of someone who said, I, I texted in for two friends who are uh, at dead ends in the job search. 
and neither one of them have uh, very many good options going right now. And I, I just texted in for them. I want to, to ask for prayer for these two people. And by Monday, both of them had had an amazing opening in the job story in their lives. And so I haven't heard a lot of feedback yet, but I know God's moving. And we're believing and praying even today for breakthrough miracle power. We're not done. We got one more segment of this interview. I believe it's going to be a really special way that God just lands, lands it all, seals it all together. Yeah, let's jump in and take a look. And, um, and I'm already excited, too, for the you know, big church. I love it. It's expanding nations, languages, people. And then we're going to come down at the end of this to a story. Yeah. And uh, wow, I'm pumped about that already. Let's jump back in. I'm really not anything special in terms of my abilities. I I didn't I didn't work at Google. I didn't wasn't a Harvard grad or any of those types of things. Um, but what God did was I just when I surrendered whatever that experience was, whatever that was that He that, that He gave me, um, and realized that that um, He wanted to use that in in His for His purpose. I, it most most of it was my mindset, you know, my heart towards it. Me just realizing that that God could use all these things that I thought were for financial gain or were for money or for whatever that he could use if I just surrendered that to him. I didn't know how he would use it. I didn't have to have all the ideas on how it would work. It was more just sort of a trusting him and saying, look, God, you created me, you created all the parts of me, gave me all these abilities and talents. Um, and I don't even know like what some of these things will be for, but they're yours. You know, yeah. whatever it is, the whole thing, you know, all of me is yours. I don't have these compartments of my work life and my home life. You know, it's just everything, yeah. you know, is, is yours. And that was, I think, the breakthrough um, in my life, you know, that God used to say, man, once you're there, you know, then I can do anything you know, with, with you. I can take your experiences, take those moments, even the things that maybe I was embarrassed about. Like the regrets, the, the situations that I wish I had not done or been a part of, I've seen God use those and redeem those and what I learned from them, you know, to be a part of what we do yeah. in ministry today. And so I think if you kind of have that and then this, this passion that sits underneath of it to, um, to reach people, um, I just feel like God just gives us ideas and gives us vision um, but it's just kind of driving passion, I think, that, that we have to have to kind of always have eyes to see that. Really, everything I have is yours, God, and I'm looking. You know, I'm, I'm looking for opportunities. I found that if you start your day every day and you ask God, I want to just show me somebody that I can, I can tell about Jesus or show me somebody that I can be an example to today. When you start the day with that question, you'll find yeah. the opportunity. And I think that the same thing has to do with if you start the day saying, God, this is my business. You know, show yeah. me how I can use it today. Yeah. You know, to serve you. Uh, you know, it maybe not in that instant, but but you'll likely have a moment that day that you'll find an opportunity to use your business. You yeah. know, for him. And so sometimes it's just starting with that perspective. I think I just want to encourage people. God can use whatever it is that you have. Mm -hmm. um, it it may you may seem like well this this thing that's just such a small thing or you know that'll never be used. And I felt like that about almost everything that I was doing. I didn't feel like this really successful person that had all of these. I felt like somebody that was pretty inadequate, extre extremely inadequate, you know, when it came to ministry. I wasn't trained to be a preacher. Um, I didn't go to seminary. My degrees in finance, you know, there's almost nothing that would make sense about me serving on staff at a church. 
and, except for the fact that God called me, yeah. you know, to it. And, um, and I think that's, that's what I want to encourage people with is that our enemy will try to make you feel insignificant. <laughs> we'll try to downplay the importance of the things you have. We'll say, I'm only a business person or I'm only a teacher or I'm only, you know, whatever it is. And, um, and I think that's, that's what our enemy likes to do, just whatever they can to discount. And God just says, look, I put you in this position. I gave you these experiences. I, I um, gave you these tools, you know, to work with. And I think what you'll find is that, just like you said in Ephesians uh, 3, that God is able to do more, exceedingly and abundantly more, whatever translation you want to use. <laughs> the point is a whole lot more than anything that we could think about, anything that we could dream up. Um, so we're so limiting in our mind about what God can do, but He can do more, and He chooses to do it through His power at work within us. He could do it on His own. He could just take the direct path, but He says, you know, no, Brad, I want to actually use you to do it, and I want to do it through you and so that you'll then be able to give glory to me because people know Brad could have done that. And that's how I think about things like version. I think it's not an accident that he used a church in Oklahoma <laughs> um, to do this. Yeah. Because if he would have used a group of guys from Google, people would have said, that makes sense. Yeah. Those guys at Google are really smart, you know, and they would, or if you used a, a publisher in New York, nothing wrong with the publishers in New York, they're a lot of friends of ours, but people would say, well, that makes sense because they have all those resources and they had to do it. Um, but the fact that he used a church, a local church in Oklahoma, um, you know, and a, and a group, a team that had no previous experience, you know, building apps or this kind of thing, um, I think is only for one purpose. Yeah. And it's so that he is the center of the story. We have no ability to take credit, you know, for it. It's just us saying, God, you know, use us. We want to be aligned where you want us to be. And uh, it's impossible for us to take credit yeah. you know, for it. Cause it's, so he's the one that gets to be seen in the story. So that's, I think, the same thing as it applies to whatever you do and wherever you're at. You know, If you'll just let God have the credit, let him use all of your life, I think he'll do incredible things and can do incredible things, not just sometime in the future, but today. Yep. Um, and, and that's just how I encourage people today. Man. <laughs> Uh, can we just thank Bobby uh, Grunewald uh, for such an incredible interview? Thanks, Brad. Man, that, that's a... I could have been there all day. He had so much wisdom, and I was wanting to take notes the whole time. Powerful. It's amazing how simple things are at the end of the day, though. This is uh, not uh, about sacred, and it's not about the secular. There is really no divide in yeah. the mind of God. Oh, you work for the church. Oh, you work for a business. God's like, no, you work for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I can do anything. I love that uh, I and each one of us can activate immediately right now. It's not like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go create an app. I'll be back. <laughs> that is not what God's called me to do today. I might uh, try to work on one tomorrow. But it's really about saying, here's what I have. And I think the way he said it was, I want to wholly surrender that to you. Yeah. And just offer that to you. And I think it's so simple, isn't it? Just to think I work at a bank or I work in retail or I'm working in an online thing right now or I'm working at home and I've been stuck in my house forever. God can't use that. And it's just starting not with the, the he called it the discount. 
Yeah. You know, it's only this, or I'm only this, or I only do this, or I only have that. He's like, don't start with a discount. Start with God and believe that God can take whatever he's put in your hands and use it in a powerful and amazing way if you're willing to surrender it to him. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church podcast.